Golden Mile took the lead from Agenia sticking on. Likewise, Nugget, Waterford, the inevitable coming down the outside, but Golden Mile's got a good kick. The inevitable flashing home on the outside. Golden Mile in front wins the Theo Marks. Down now, Mr. Brightside Williams hasn't moved. Alligator Blood joined by Mr. Brightside who lets rip at the 150. Mr. Brightside three quarters a length. Alligator Blood and comes clear. Mr. Brightside a mile marble. What a performance. Zaki races, two lengths clear. Think it over. Now he gets off heels. It's Zaki a length in front. Think it over's coming. Zaki in front. Think it over. They lifted by Nash. Yes, got up. Here's Amelia's Jewel about to let down hands and heels. Amelia's Jewel up to life lessons. Who fights? Amelia's Jewel a neck, a heart life lessons. G'day legends and welcome back to another episode of the Second Again Racing Podcast. I'm Nick, joined by Jackson on a stunning little spring day. It's about 30 degrees in the hills at the moment and tell you what... It's just beckoning this weekend. This is this is it. This is a man's grand final. This is a man's Christmas. It's everything that you can think of. It's as good as it gets. How are you, Jacko? Absolutely, mate. Going absolutely superb. Sun shining. Long weekend coming up. All sorts of events happening over the weekend, mate. And as we know, there's going to be a few tips flying around. So can't wait. How is your little rendezvous down in Melbourne, the southern state? It's a good one, mate. Flemington is always just... Like if anyone's ever been down to Flemington and had a horse running as well, it's just there's no other experience like it. Like there really is nothing like headquarters. Awesome day down there. I did make it out to Caulfield. I know you were giving me a bit of a stick about that. Did make it out to the to the group one meeting, unfortunately, but got there for Flemington for the rail out 14 metres. Um, so that that was a good day. But, mate, we had a couple on the pun, didn't we? We had five or six in the end, I think it was. So another solid weekend, probably a little bit off what we'd done in the last fortnight or so, but... If you hold it to that standard, mate, we're all retiring in a couple of years, aren't we? Yeah, I think just to get six winners and all at nice prices as well. I think we ended up with an average price of five, six bucks as well. So you can't really ask for much more than that. Um, I know a few boys that I was away with down in Melbourne were getting the shits with me and, you know, where's where are these winners? And a couple of them fell off at about race seven. So they missed the $7 winner in the last with Vivian and the Vienna Princess in the second last at Rose Hill, mm-hmm. which is six bucks. So... Mm-hmm. They could have very easily made their day back if they'd stuck fat. Um, but yeah, I suppose the day overall probably wasn't the best day we could have dreamed of, but we knew there was going to be a lull somewhere. Now we've had it. We get Mooney Valley tonight and obviously tomorrow is another really big day with three group ones at Randwick. So looking to bounce back, we're going to cover both meetings though, which is great. Yeah, definitely. And mate, if you look at it, if six winners on a Saturday is our off day, it just tells you how we're going. And don't worry about it. There was plenty of punters that came in and, and the messages were flown in after Vienna Princess and Vivienne laid on in the piece. So there were a few boys that stuck solid and they got the cash late. I suppose the two we should probably chat about, let's chat Espiona and Alligator Blood. I think they're probably the two that deserve some time. Espiona was fantastic. We thought she'd probably dispatch with that field and she did. She mm. was really, really good. Fuck, she does a bit wrong though. 
I just think it's the way she travels the Sydney way. She seems to go to Melbourne and handle that other hand turn pretty well. But every time she's in Sydney, yes, she still runs well. But her head just goes on that side. And it seems like there's nothing they can do about it. They've tried the visors, the nose roll, bubble cheekers. They've tried everything you can on this horse and it just hasn't worked. I think they're just going to let her be. She's obviously got a few quirks about her. She reminds me a little bit and probably doesn't have quite the class of her, but she reminds me a little bit of very elegant, the way she used to travel unkindly in her races, but just had that raw talent. So she obviously dispatched of that field, as you say. Now, the dry track was an absolute premium for her and Nash sticking on board was the big tick, wasn't it? So that was our best on the card and she duly saluted. For sure. $2.40, I think, in the end as well. I think you could get two sixty some places. So ended up being a nice little result for me. I'm sure it was for you as well. And then $4.380, Alligator Blood, he goes back to back in the Underwood. Obviously, last year was that real ding-dong battle between I'm Thunderstruck and Zaki and these types. And he sort of struck a field that didn't have as much class as that, but it was a bigger field. He was on the quick backup. It was up to 1,800. There were a few more question marks that felt, but I don't know what we were questioning. I don't know what we're questioning, mate, to be honest. Like we said there before the potty on, um, it would have been Thursday night last week. We said they're still sort of letting us on at four bucks. If it was 250, we're having a different conversation, but they let us on in the end. And we were obviously looking elsewhere and a bit of hard luck with Barkley Square, our tip in the race, who was pretty poor in the end, but, um, and, and attrition, I should say, as well. Um, both of them pretty poor, but it's just the hot speed, wasn't it? And, and alligator blood just soaked up the pressure and was way too good. And, you know, one that we've missed, unfortunately, but he's a horse that you just, we struggle to line him up, don't we? He's just, they they back him up and then they'll give him four weeks between runs, but he always seems to run up to the mark. So all, all on us go to Waterhouse and Bot. And obviously D Oliver, this is his swan song this last campaign. So he deserves that group one. Good on him. For sure. He's, he's a very hard horse to catch, but you cannot doubt the horse's ability and what Gay's done with him. Obviously he's changed mm-hmm. hands a few times, had some dramas, ended up having a year off for a bit. To just do what he's done, come out and win his three or four group ones now is just, yeah, real credit to her. And I'm sure he'll still win another one. There's plenty more to come for him. He'll be running around in a Cox plate, no doubt. Um, But look, Mooney Valley is where we're going to kick it off for this weekend. We've obviously got the Valley starting tonight. When's the first? The first is on at 6.15. So just under an hour or so from now, probably by the time people are listening, it'll probably be on in the background. But um. Look, we're going to go through from races five all the way through to the final, which is race eight. And then we're going to flip over the page, which we love to do, and go up north to Sydney um, for Saturday. And we're going to go through a couple of the group races there as well. But let's kick it off race five. So obviously over 1,600 metres, it's the Stutt Stakes. And top of the market is your tip from a couple of weeks ago, Griff. $3.90. $3.90. King of Fighters coming out of the same form line there is $4.20. But Dad, been specced $6.50 into $4.80 as well. Fist of Fury, $7.50 next line. Autumn Angels there at eights with Mojave Desert is $9. Make a Call, 23s. Big Jump. Invincible Shield, 34s. Limburg 41s. Bulawayo is 46 to round them out. Ned, before I let you go on, mate, oh, the rail no. is true at the Valley on Friday night. And don't worry, I've got you covered every day of the week, mate. That's why we're yin and yang over here. But true position for the entire at the Valley. So expect some even racing. And we, we know that uh, the on-pace runners are always going to be advantaged at the Velodrome. It's also a good four down there with potential for an upgrade to good three. It's been superb weather down there the last few weeks. And you and I are obviously there over the weekend. So we got to see it firsthand. They're having some great weather down there. So it should be a nice firm deck for these horses to all get their chance, hopefully. 
Hopefully. Just, we'll see how the Velodrome plays. Just before you yeah, go, go on to the race, I, a couple of weeks ago, they had the rail in the true, and it actually shaped yeah. up to be a little bit of a swooper-ish, get in the sort of third and fourth lanes. It actually, it wasn't just leader-ish. So I wonder if it'll be a similar type yeah. setup. Yeah, it's, I think more than anything in terms of bias and these sorts of things, it's race shape. It's all down to pattern and what sort of speed and sectionals they're traveling at up front. What happens at the Valley, if you stack them up and then press the button on the turn, it's very hard for horses to make up ground while they're turning. So if you allow a horse to just, let's say the dad leads this race and just cruises into the corner and then all of a sudden presses the button, that's when you get a few horses off the bit in the back. So I think it's more about race shape more than anything. And, and that's sort of where you've got to adjust your, your punting based on that. But in terms of this race and over the mile, but dad goes forward, as you say, coming for some early support with Mojave Desert and Autumn Angel, who was scratched from a Sydney race on Saturday. They're probably going to be the first two or three. I'm not sure about, about uh, King of Fighters, who missed the kick last time with the blinkers on in that Griff race. He got back, which is not normally his pattern, but I actually think they probably accidentally worked out how to ride this horse now because he should have won that race by a long, long way. It was held up between runners. Ollie would probably want that one back. He had to check runs two or three times. And once he did get out, he easily had the best 100 metres of the race. In fairness, the leaders were legless because there was a bit of speed on up front. And he just unfortunately had a lot of tired runners in front of him. But I'm definitely going to back up on him. I think he turns the tables on Griff. You're looking at $10 for Griff in the last start. And we're on him, obviously. And there was a few boys that came with. And now we've got to take the favouritism at $3.80. I just don't think there's any meat on the bone with that price. So I'm happy to work around him. King of Fighters will be the saver, but the main bet for me will be Verdad coming out of the Griffiths and Decock camp. It was a Bendigo winner um, first up. He's a justified gelding and he absolutely demolished them. He sat just outside the speed and just cruised away from them easily. The times are actually really, really strong for a maiden. And I think there's a lot of upside with this horse compared to a lot of his rivals here. So it now gets, um, you know, the, the services of uh, who's on this week, Ned, actually. I oh, lost it for a bit. Bo Mertens is on. He rode it in that maiden as well. Um, and it, it drifted out in the in the market. He actually sweated up in the yard and was $9 out to 16 and still won in that fashion. So it's now coming for early support, as you, you touched on earlier. I think you can go forward, control this, and just be too good for them at that $5, $6 mark. Fair enough. I, I'm going to go with the cult king of fighters. I thought slow out. Um, they obviously applied the blinkers last time as well. I think they're keeping them for this run. Um hoping similar to you that it finds a position forward enough. I, I, I don't expect him to be up there with Vidad as you've got him leading. I don't want him all the way back either. So I'm hoping maybe one out, one back would be a really good spot. I agree. Should have beaten Griff last time out. And obviously favorite here is Griff. So I think Frosty gets the job done for us nice and early here of the good races tonight. Um, Going to have something small on King of Fighters. Race six. Look, here we go. It's the little auditions, the Cox Plate audition for the jewel. 1,600 metres, it's the stock stakes. we got Amelia's jewel, top of the market. Just before we go on, this horse cannot draw a gate. To be honest, Ned, I'd probably prefer her to be drawn out. And yeah. I know that she doesn't have any luck from there, but if she was at one, two, three and hard up on the fence, you're probably wanting a lot of luck and needing gaps to open at the right time, which doesn't often happen at the Valley. So the fact that she's drawn out, I actually think it's an advantage tonight because she can get that three-wide trail in. It's so interesting. She always has double figures, and it seems to work in her favour because she gets to sort of plonk herself wherever she likes. 
Anyway, Amelia's jewel. She's a dollar forty, top of the market, and then we go straight to double double figures. So Papillon Club, nine fifty tens. Deny Knowledge is there at ten dollars. Sioni is thirteens with Pride of Jenny sixteens. Steinem then thirty four dollars. Affaira Souvre is forty ones with Party Princess. Thought Provoking is forty six bucks, and Papali is seventy ones to round them out. Deny Knowledge goes forward with Pride of Jenny. I think Deny Knowledge can hold the fence, being drawn one. They're obviously two very, very speedy bears, so I expect them to, to control. Papillon Club and Thought Provoking are probably third, fourth in running. And Sioni, who's in a bit of form as well, can probably sit fifth, just you know two pairs back from there. Amelia's jewel, I'm expecting to get back to last or potentially second or third last if she settles a little bit more positive than what she normally does. But to be honest, Ned, I don't think it really matters. I'm of the opinion that Lane just needs to stay on board her. I know that the Valley won't suit her in terms of her racing pattern and the way she needs that probably two to 300 metres to really wind up. But she can just come out off a hot speed, three, four wide. Even if she doesn't have cover swinging, I I still think she's just going to round them up. We're getting absolutely nothing with the price, but we spoke before the potty today, Ned. She's just going to be the anchor in all of your multis, isn't she? You'll probably have her with the mare in the next and just build your bank from there because I don't think they can beat her. I really think Lane just needs to stay on board, and I think she's destined for Cox Plate glory. It is. It's very short but justified, I think, especially backing up of that first up run just gave you every tick that you wanted to see, and that's the shortest distance that she'll have to cover throughout the preparation. Um, And I think she actually meets weaker company here, to be honest. Um, Gate 10, as you mentioned, means that Damian Lane can just sit her wherever he wants, and what a perfect way to sort of trial her around the valley and just see what they can do. I, I do think that at the 500, they'll just ease her up three wide and then hope that she's hit the front by the 200 and then just let her rip, let rip. The one that I'm going to have something small on is Pride of Jenny, just from a pattern point of view. I think it'll probably be second in the run behind Deny Knowledge, as you mentioned. I think those two will be the two up the front. It's 11 out to 16 bucks, which I don't like, especially when Amara and Eustace horse is 11s out to 16s this early. But I just... The horse has a really good second up record. I didn't think the run was too bad first up either. Just going to have something on at $16 on prior to Jenny as well. Yeah, definitely. She does have a bit of substance about her, maybe not touching on the favourite anywhere near that, but she can definitely sit outside the lead and, and try and dominate from there. Thousand metres. It's the big one. We've got the Moya next. And look, Imperatrice has just moved over to Australia and basically said, I'm probably the best thousand metres metre horse going around at the moment. $1.65, no price there, but Opie Bossom comes over for the ride as well. Uncommon James is first up for Frosty, $5. Rothfire's there with Blake Shinnerboard at sevens. Asfura, $8 there. And then we've got a massive gap in the field. Zoo Styles, 31s. Generations, 41s. Acromantula is 46 There we go. The Inferno, $81. The Valley Specialist. Small but select field here, Ned. It's obviously only eight runners, but there will be speed engaged, as always, with Zustol, who just go forward and try and lead them up. Acromantula to go with, and I think Rothfire, now being second up, can probably settle a little bit closer than he did first up. Generation as well can go forward, and S4 is the other one that's obviously got a ton of natural speed. So even for a small field, there's going to be genuine speed engaged here. I think we have to start with his favourite, Ned. As you touched on, she's just absolutely airborne at the moment. I was really surprised... A, that they kept her in the market first up because I didn't think she was a 1,000-metre horse. She'd obviously come over her first campaign in Australia. Uh, first up over 1,200 was was very good, or 1,300, I should say, where she was beaten by Artorias, was very good. Then dropped back to the 1,200 at the Valley and was too good then. 
She then starts first up over, over a thousand and finished off with the best eight, six, four, and 200 meters of the meeting. That was unbelievable coming off that hot speed. The figures were absolutely through the roof. So I think her price this week is absolutely justified. I will be having something on. I know you're not getting a big price about her, but I do think she's clearly the one on top and the, the one they all have to beat. And look, look at Opie Boston coming up to take the ride now, Ned. Obviously, her regular rider who wasn't able to ride her last week or last start, I should say, for any particular reason. But he's now come up to make sure he's on board this week. So it's a big tip for me. And a horse that we've both got a very good opinion of and one that you've made a bit of cash on, I know, in the past is Asfura. I think she's well over the odds here at that $8.59 quote. I love the way first up she allowed Midwest to just dictate to her. She didn't have to lead that start. And she just looked always in control. Even when something on her outside came and pressured her around the corner at Caulfield, Mitch Aitken just took his time and waited to press the button. And she really looked like she was just going through the gears that day. I think she's got plenty of upside coming in here and she'll just soak up the pressure coming 1,100 back to 1,000. I think she's well suited here and clearly the the, the main danger to the favourite. The New Zealand mayor wasn't in that, this race. It'd be seriously a very, very good bet as for her. I, I still yeah. think it's probably going to run second or third. I, I definitely think it's a, a good place bet for Asfura. It's just a shame she's going to run into potentially one of the informed sprinters we've got. I think $1.65, as you said, justified. If you can get anything bigger, sort of $1.75, $1.80, closer to jump time, I'd be getting on. I think it's a very good bet. Mm. And obviously, Opie coming over is a big sign too. As for her, I think we should just have a little bit of a conversation about this horse. $8, so you get a massive price for it. So you've only got to have... If you're having 100 on Imperatrice, you're only going to have 15, 20 bucks on Asfura. All right. And I do, like, if that's the way you want to punt, that's how I would probably stake it. Um, but Asfura for me, first up, first up run was just extremely impressive. And I was always looking forward to seeing where they actually took her next. They've come here, they're going to run into a really smart one. But if she runs well, I wouldn't be surprised to see her go on with it a little bit this preparation as well. Yeah, I just think she's the only conceivable danger to Imperatrice in this field. And if you look at the price discrepancy between Asfora and Uncommon James, I don't think it's justified because they've obviously met each other in the past. They've been pretty close to the mark. Uncommon James is first up, whereas Asfora has that foundation of the first up run. She's now coming in second up and she's coming in off a win first up. So I think there's a lot of good signs coming in for her. And I think she's the one over the odds in the field. Just appears to have matured really, really well. So looking forward to that race. It's going to be a ripper, the Group 1 Moya. Final race we'll cover in Melbourne tonight. It's over 1,200 metres. It's the Scarborough Stakes. Look, we've got Skirt the Law, top of the market, $3.30. She's all shenanigans is 5 bucks. next line. Inhibitions is there at eights with Zurion. Then we've got double figures for Ostmar is 10 bucks with Cour Volante is 10s as well. Ulanova, 12 bucks. Bossy Nick, I'm not that bossy, but that's okay, 13 Lazago is $19, and his rose is at the bottom there, 41s. Zuron to go forward from the outside barrier. All and over, I think, can go forward and, and potentially sit maybe one back. She's all shenanigans has drawn the pole um, and was a very good run last time out. So I think it makes sense for them to roll forward as well. Skirt the Law also has a bit of tactical speed as well. So I think they're probably third, fourth in running as well. Inhibitions maybe settles a little bit closer as well and probably just tags the favourite Skirt the Law everywhere she goes. I've got a bit, a little bit of uh, wider odds here, Ned. I know the last two races we've touched on some mares that are just super hard in the market and you're probably not getting any value. But all and over is the bet for me here, Ned. It's a New Zealand mare that's won a group one over this trip down there. 
And she unfortunately just pulled up lane first up. She was backed off the map from $8 into fours. She almost started favourite over Charmstone in the end. Unfortunately, she was caught on the inside in the quicksand at Caulfield that day. Um, obviously, Charmstone has gone on to, to really go on with the job and started in a golden rose as well. So there's a bit of form there. But that horse pulled up lame. Mick D now off and you get Damien Oliver aboard. So we touched on him being in his swung song campaign and he will definitely pick off a few as we go through this carnival. So I think we can find one at odds here. It'll sit just off the speed on what looks to be a pretty even tempo for a 1200 meter contest. I think she's definitely going to bounce back now getting up to the 1200 meters. I'm going to back her, mate. I'm going to have something substantial on it. Uh, what's it? 12 bucks each way thereabouts. Yeah. 12s, 23s into 12s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with her because she was backed in a similar fashion first up. So there's obviously market confidence about her. And as I say, you now get that booking of Oliver. I think she's primed to, and you know, ready to really run through a brick wall here second up. Awesome. I have no bet, so I'm going to be following the Jackson lorry train. I love a little bit of value. How good's that? Um, obviously nice that we get to kick off a weekend like this with a Friday night meeting at the Valley. But to me, that just makes it even better that we get another good meeting the next day and a not bad meeting the day after that at Sandown. So... Look, we're going to flip over the page now, as we love to do, and we're going to go up to Ramwick. But, Jacko, before we go through the races we're doing, rail me. Similar to Mooney Valley, Ned, it's a good four as well. I'm obviously staring into the sun as we speak, mate, over the back of our uh, little Zoom setup here. Another beautiful day due tomorrow. Nice and hot. Good four, mate. Rail true. No excuses again for the punters. So just what you want to see as a punter going in. So we're going to skip through, we're going to start at race five. We're going to do six, seven, eight, and then we're going to see how we're feeling. Oh, and nine, sorry, and see how we're feeling for 10. It depends how spicy we feel like getting. But yeah, looks like we'll do races five through to nine for sure and see how we're tracking for time. But we'll kick it off at race five. It's obviously over 1,600 metres, and this race is for the three-year-olds. Tom Kitten's top of the market for Nash, $2.20. Pushy's there building a little white picket fence at $7. Cafe Millennium's there at $8 as well. Tanhauser for McDonald and Waller is $9.50. Raffatak, $11. Ravello is $16. Gambert is $21s. Agitar is $23s. Capferat is $31s. Kintyre, $34. Port Lacori, $35. And we've got a couple more there, 50s and more. Raffatak to go forward, Ned. Cicada from the pole can go forward as well with Port Lockroy to also show speed. I think Nosy Boy and Kintai, who's shown a bit of speed this prep, are the other two that can inject themselves. So I'm anticipating a pretty good tempo for a mile race at uh, Round Week on Saturday. The horse that I'm with, Ned, and I know we've got an opinion of the favourite in Tom Kitten, I just think he's too well found. The horse that basically finished alongside him, they're in a photo for third last time out, was Cafe Millennium. It's a horse that's going to get back and give his rivals a lot of start here, but I think the hot tempo up front sets up really well for him. He obviously hasn't seen the mile yet before, but he's a horse that's just screamed it the whole way through. You'll see this horse in the yard. He will dwarf anything near him. He is an absolute monster. He's a big loping, lugging thing that needs a long time to wind up. So I think getting away from Rose Hill and back to Renwick is really going to suit this horse. And look who's booked in Blake Shin. I think if anyone can sort this horse out, it's him. He's probably in the best form of anyone in the country. I think it's fair to say at the moment, he's just riding winners all over the joint. Now comes over to Sydney from Melbourne that he's obviously been in the last few weeks. And since he's come back from Hong Kong, he's just hit the ground running. So I think he's the man you want on board. I'm happy to have a spec there at the $8.50, $8 mark. I think it represents a lot of value. He'll probably get back to the last and try and loop them. 
But as I say, that hot speed predicted up front, I think it's going to play right into his hands and he'll be swamping on them late. I'm going to have something small on Tannhouse and nothing over the top. But I thought the first up run, I, although it doesn't look like it's run in the top nine, got a really long way back this horse over 1,400 metres and then rattled off some really, really good sectionals um, along the rail from about the 600 to home. Um, I think some of them were sub-11. So some really good splits there, stepping up to 1,600 metres. Obviously, you get the J-Mac and Waller factor as well. $9.50, I'm going to be having a play. Nice, mate, Carl It's one of those races where you sort of look around for value, isn't it? I just think there's no real meat on the bone with that Tom Kitten price, and I don't know if he's he's going to be suited at the mile on a dry deck. For sure, for sure. Race six, we go to 1,600 metres again. It's one of our first group ones for the day. It's the Darley Flight Stakes. Some seriously good mares. Uh, sorry, Phillies have won this race over the years. And look, we've got, look like we've got a pretty good crop again at the top of the market and down. We've got some depth in this race. So... Tis Invincible's top of the market. She's $2.35. Molly Nickers is $5.50. Kamachi's there at $6. Tropical Squall is $8.50. Tuta La Vida is $9.50. Unique Ambition's there $10. French Endeavor is $21. Private Legacy, $46 with Summer Loving. Miss Jolene is $90. Captain Amelia and Hasty Honey are both $1.50s. Tropical Squall to go forward and control this really does really does look to get absolute control up front here. And I think they can dictate what tempo they want this race to be. She's invincible. I'm just not sure where they're going to get to from 13. Zach Lloyd's given it run of the race in its first two starts this prep. And she's obviously been too good for them. I'm just not sure how aggressive they're going to be and use her up now being up to the mile. I'd probably anticipate them to try and sit back and get that three wide trail into the into the run. Unless they they leave enough thing on on its inside breaks evenly, and they can just go forward and sit outside the lead, which probably just means she she might be too good for them. Kamachi is the other one that can go forward as well and looks to settle probably third fourth in running, maybe one pair back. And Molly Nickers, who's drawn the pole, I expect them to use that and try and get it up there. But it's really about how fast Tropical Squall wants to go. I'm with Kamachi Ned. I really think that she can turn the tables on Tiz Invincible. I've definitely been with the favourite over the last two starts. I've been with her heavily. So it's not me talking out of my pocket here, but she's got the run of the race last time and the time before, as I said, uh, from Zach Lloyd. But I think the horse is going to be more advantage going up to the miles, Kamachi. She's come off that tough run three wide last time out over the 1,400 in the T-Rose. I think Colin would want that one back. He, he, he jumped from gate five and ended up somehow three wide on the speed, and it was just a nightmare from there. It played right into Tiz Invincible's hand, and she was obviously too good for them in the end. But I think Kamachi can turn the tables here based on where she maps. She'll get that nice one-at-one back trail and might just be too good over the concluding stages. And we've both both touched on it in the last couple of starts. She just looks like she's ready for the mile. Tiz Invincible looks like she gets there, puts them away over 100, maybe 50 metres, and the race is over. I like Kamachi up to the mile here. I think she maps really well. The price is attractive, and Collett will want that one back. So there's that added X factor that he knows he didn't give her a best chance last start, and he wants to get that back. So I'm on it six bucks. I think the plan all along was to give Tiz Invincible the group two races. And then when the group one rolls around, just step it up and Kamachi over the top. I think 1600 metres is a big tick. I think we spoke last time these two met and stepping from 1200 up to 1400 seemed like it would probably be enough for Kamachi to turn the tables. Then struck three wide, covered another fucking 400 metres compared to Tiz Invincible's run. 
still ran a really, really good second. And I think she's pretty keen to get rid of that bloody bridesmaid tag now. So if we can get a nice yeah. run of transit with Collett, I'd love to be, you know, one out, one back, as you say. I think that'd be a perfect spot for Kamachi to be in. If we can be there and be there and thereabouts and ahead of Tiz Invincible on the turn, I think we're every chance. And six bucks, you get, you get nearly three times the price to find out. So I think it's the one where we've got to stick. And as you've done, you've hopped off Tiz Invincible for this one. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully she repays you the big Kamach. Yeah, I think she's very hard to beat, mate. Moving over to race seven, we've got 1,200 metres. This is a bloody exciting race. It's the premiere, and I don't know if you heard the news today, but Nature Strip is going to lead the horses out for this race. Obviously, he didn't get his awesome final race where he got to win by five lengths, and that wasn't his swung song. So yeah. I think it's really good that we actually honour a champion this way and let him lead them out in a race that he did win as well. Um, I think just a really nice touch to the weekend. So think about it is back joe pride first up this horse is a real boom horse obviously last preparation winning five or six in a row um look they've got bigger things in sight than this but it gives him a good look at all these horses i don't know if he's actually run against these horses more than once so it gives him another look mm. see first up compared to the other horses who have all had a run or two each but two dollars ten top of the market and warranted bella nipotina's there at 550 zapateo six bucks Alcohol free is $8.50. Hawaii 5.0 leads the double figure runners. Marzu is 12s. Lost and running 17 bucks. Massive gap then to Athelric and Kote, who are 100s and 200 to 1. No real natural leaders here, Ned. There are horses that do show speed, but I think they're all going to be looking around after 50 metres, seeing who's really got the intent and wants to go forward. Alcohol free is first up. We haven't really seen this horse give her opportunity on a dry deck. So she gets that chance over 1,200 here. She's come back off the trials and I think they can show a bit of speed. Lost and running also to go forward from the pole as well. Kote and Athelrick are the other two, I think, could be third and fourth. Hawaii 5-0 with um, obviously Nash still on that horse can, can also go forward and show a bit of speed as well. I think it's all about the favourite though, Ned. I know there's no value in the price, especially being first up. But I just think if you look at it on paper, logic suggests that he's the winner. He's a horse that... I, I can't remember the last time he's been beat. I'm pretty sure he's gone seven or eight in a row and he's stepped up in great each time, which has been unbelievable. And he's done it across preps, which I love to see. Anytime a horse can win consecutively across preps, you know it's a very, very serious talent. And the fact that he was locked up for the Everest very early on after his win up in Queensland suggests that there's a big opinion of him. It's all about the intent first up. I think that's the only thing that can beat him. And the fact that he's already got that slot secured in the Everest, you have to keep that in the back of your mind. How intent... How much intent is there going to be being first up on what looks to be a pretty sedate tempo? They might just want to finish off hard and just save their their powder for the big one coming up in a couple of weeks' time. So I think it's all about him. Clipperton's got a great relationship with the horse. As we know, he rides Marzu regularly, and he wouldn't have even thought about this decision. He's just jumped straight on this favourite. He knows it's going to be too good for them, but it's just about does Joe Pride have him 100% ready? Both of the trials were very, very good. The second one was especially encouraging. I think he wins, but... Again, it's all about how aggressive they're going to be first up. You could say Sam Clippin didn't even have to think about it. Um, sorry, that's just crook, isn't it? Um, we've just lost about fifty viewers. I know we've we've only got one left. Then um, we're, we're we're in the negatives, I think now. <laughs> I'll have to get me dog to start logging on and listening. Um, now you you mentioned wound up or not? I think you. What we've seen with Joe Pride at the moment with his best horses is he seems to be attacking things 
fairly wound up coming into first up assignments. Look at Private Eye the other day. You could have said that that was the exact run where you just go, okay, go and run fifth, get a run under your belt against some good horses over a distance that probably doesn't suit you, and we'll just build into the prep. Private Eye was ready to go. He was ready to run through a brick wall the other day. I dare say, leaving Think About It's first up run till this late, you'd have to think he's probably wound up and ready to go. So I think $2.10 is still a good price in this race. I think he's definitely the class of the field. He's just in for bigger and better things. I'm not sure how far this horse can actually get. Obviously, dual group one winner is now winner now as well. A couple of trials leading in were fantastic. I'm going to have something on Hawaii 5 I've actually got a fair bit of time for the horse, and obviously you get Nash as well. Thought the first up run was okay. Probably peaked with about 200 metres to go and just couldn't quite stay with horses like In Secret. I personally think, other than think about it, this is the best horse in the race. I really do believe that. So I'm going to have something on at $10. Yeah, he's obviously trying to progress into that four-year-old campaign now. And the fact that Nash has stuck with him is a good tip, definitely. I do just want to mention as well, Lost and Running. I know it's a horse that you've got an opinion of. He had no luck at all. He's caught off the track first up. He's definitely going to be an improver with Jamie Carr now booked. The next race we cover is obviously our second group one in Sydney for Saturday. It's a big one. There's a, these Doncaster and Epsoms, they're exciting races. And look, the Tab Epsom is over 1,600 metres. Top of the market, we have two. So we have the inevitable and hope in your heart sharing favoritism here. Um, look, they're around the $8 mark. So always an open race, the Epsom. Um, Kovalika's there at eight bucks as well. Nugget, $8.50. Pounding is $9.50. Democracy Manifest is 11s. Redina is $12. Converge, 14s. Waterford is 15 bucks. Golden Mile and Communist are there at $21. My Oberon going global and Madame Pomery at 26 to 1. Barbie's Fox, $34. Kerwin's Lane is $61. Williamsburg, 71. And Diamond and Political Debate are triple figures. Yeah, similar to the previous event, Ned, there's not a ton of natural leaders here. So it's going to be really interesting. There's obviously a few with the lightweight. So you'd expect some intent from maybe some who don't normally settle on speed to go and put themselves in the race. But a bit up in the air in terms of the map at this stage on Friday night, I think going global can show a bit of speed. It's obviously a horse that's been a bit of a head fuck for us over the last couple of starts. We just don't know what to do with it, where to put it. It's at a big price again. I think Nugget can roll forward from that wide barrier. Golden Mile also drawn poorly as well. Blake Shin aboard, do they come across and try and sit third or fourth or are they happy to go back? Obviously got run of the race last time up on the fence. Redina, who was a good winner last time out, has drawn towards the inside and they're going to go forward. And I think Communist is the other one up to the mile now as well that can settle a bit closer. As you touched on, Ned, an absolutely wide open affair, very difficult. And if you're finding the winner in this, especially at the prices, you're probably going to have a pretty big day, let's be fair. So come race eight, you hopefully got a bit in the bank. You've got a little bit to play with in terms of house money. I'm throwing it on hope in your heart, mate. I think she goes in everything. She's caught behind a lot of tiring runners first up in that tramway, and she also raced tight for room. So I think she would have settled a little bit closer had she better had she had a you know a kind of running transit, and that was behind Pericles, who's in a bit of form and probably would have gone close to favoritism in this race if he did accept. And he was obviously a scratching, but I think getting the booking of Williams, he's in all sorts of form at the moment as well, similar to Blake Shin. I think he's the man you want on board in feature races at the moment. So I think she could settle midfield, come out the three wide. Uh, trail and get a tag into it. I think she's going to be very, very hard to beat. And she's had that tick over trial in between that first up run. So I really like her up to the mile here. I'm going to be backing her. 
The Sabre as well, we'll probably have it 50-50 to be fair based on the prices, is the inevitable. I think it's a horse that constantly gets overlooked in terms of the market, but they've actually found him now and shown him a bit of respect based off his last two Australians. Well, I say Australian. Is Tasmania really part of Australia net? I'll leave that up to the, to the viewers. <laughs> but up into his mainland starts, I'll say. Two back before his spell. He was in the All-Star Mile over this trip, obviously, and was absolutely charging home for the best last 200 of that race, which obviously Mr. Brightside took out. That's excellent form coming into this. And he was also very good first start behind Golden Mile as well, and that Theo Marks, he was charging home the last 100 metres and got way out of the back, tacked on uh, way off the fence, whereas Golden Mile had that run of the race on the fence. So if you swap the runs, you're probably looking at the inevitable winning and coming in as a 5 four fifty chance in this. But we now get 7.50 and potentially longer coming into Saturday. I think he's a bet here. He's drawn middle barrier, similar to Hope in Your Heart, so I don't think he needs to be too far away from them. And he can get that wide trail coming in and hopefully get the gaps at the right time. So... I'm going to back him. He's also got his uh, usual rider on board as well, who's come up from Tassie. So, you know, I think they're the two for me, the inevitable and, and hope in your heart. I know they're both both favourites, but if you look at the prices, you're getting 750 plus for both. So I think definite value in both. Is it a 24-hour flight from Tassie to Sydney? or <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be one of the great comments I've ever heard. In his two Australian <laughs> that's That is... Absolutely all time. And David Perez, whatever his name is, comes over from Spain to ride him. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there is not much speed in this race. It's a strange old speed map, in my opinion. I, I, I just have no idea where the horses are going to land. I think Nugget's going to press on. I actually think he's going to be in the first couple. And especially from gate 19, I'm going to have something on. He's obviously a Doncaster place getter as well. First up, I thought it was pretty solid and had had to lug a fairly big weight. Goes down to 54 kilos, gets Damien over here, has a nice little second up record of five starts, two wins and two seconds. And this is his distance. 1,600 metres is his go. This is where he does his best work. So I think Nugget's a good bet and a little bit of early support too. It's 12s into 850. So I think they'll be positive with him and he'll be in the front couple. And I agree, Hope in Your Heart is the one that probably will get the run of the race. Gate 10 seems to be a nice little gate. I think she'll probably be tucked just in behind the speed. I have no idea who the speed's going to be, but I think she'll tuck in behind. I think she'll get too far back, Craigie. Um, and I think, yeah, good price as well, $8. Obviously, a field like this, you can really back three or four if you'd like to. Oh, definitely. It's definitely one of those races where you're not having one player. At the very least, you're going each way. Like I say, if you find the winner in this, you're going to be having a pretty big day, I'd say. But just touching on Nugget, it's obviously a horse that we've both followed along the way and we've definitely wanted this horse up to the mile. So it gets that set up here. And like you said, they potentially may even lead them up on a pretty, you know, sedate tempo and they can control it from there and might just be too good. The final race we're going to cover in Sydney, it's a Group 1 Metropolitan. It's over 2,400 metres. Look, top of the market, we've got the horse with 50 kilos, just fine. Rachel King, Gay and Adrian, it's a dollar seventy-five. So very, very short, but I think warranted, and we'll get to that. Mr. Waterville is $7. Benno, $9.50. Strung some wins together since we stopped talking about him on this podcast, so maybe we cursed him, the big fella. He's 14s into $9, so definitely a little bit of support there for Jamie Carr's mount. Major Beal for Tim Clark is 18s with Alabir. Calipore is $21. Cleveland, 23s. Spirit Ridge is there at 31 bucks. Military Mission and Boise Darjan, uh, Boy, Boise Darjan, 
whatever, 35 bucks. Manzois is 41 bucks. Ho Ho Khan is 51s. Torrens, Wine Glass Bay, and Navajo Peak round them out. Just fine goes forward, Ned. Set outside the lead second up and was obviously much too good for them. I think the exclusion of Knight's Order in this race really sets up nicely for it. And also Major Beal, who will come across and probably sit on its outside. It all depends on the on the camp and their tactics because they're obviously both Waterhouse bot. We'll see what happens in terms of tactics. Either Major Beal leads them up and is the bunny for the favourite to just go straight past it at some point up the straight. Or the reverse is the play where Just Fine goes forward and might just try and kick away from them with 50 kilos on its back. So I think they're the first two. Spirit Ridge can come across also with Navajo Peak, and the third stable mate military mission can also whip across from that wide barrier. So I think there's pretty genuine speed here, even with the omission of Knight's Order. And I think it sets up for something at the back. I'll let you touch on the favourite, Ned. It's obviously a, a super, super talent. I just don't know about it to the 2,400 metres. It's had three starts up there and only had the one minor. So I know it's it gets every chance to do that with 50 kilos, but... I just need to work around it based on the price. It may just be too good, but I'm happy to risk at that price that we're looking at at the moment. The horse that really scares me, and the market's already found it, but it's Mr. Waterville, who's also down in the weights for Chris Waller. Tyler Schiller's mount. It's only had the two Australian starts, and they've been over unfavourable trips. Last time out was over 1,900, um, which was an unfavourable trip for it for sure. It's got uh, form over further overseas. And it was in that race between Marquis and How Good Are You, who were both horses in, in very good form, in inferior grade, it must be said. But it was race tight for Rune, Mr. Waterville. And once it got out of really doing some nice work through the line, I love to see that charging through the line and really have a good blow. So I think he's primed now third up for this. And we just know with Chris Waller, the timing is always there. He always gets it spot on. So I think this is his pick. I would have liked a bigger price, potentially double digits, just based on you know, him flying under the radar his first two runs, but the markets I've identified him pretty solid here. So I have to follow it. The horse that I think can bounce back over the odds is Cleveland. Damien Oliver's been booked. It's around the, the $20 mark at the moment. They've just been chipping away at it all week. I've been watching the fluctuations on this horse. I know it's drawn out and it probably gets back and gives a fewer start, but a similar thing happened last time out in an absolute boat race where the leaders just basically went out first second out and first second home and nothing else made up ground in that run at Newcastle but he was still working home well in between runners and definitely getting up to the 2400 meters third up suits him so positive booking with Ollie I think he's the one over the odds but I'll be backing Mr Waterville it's an interesting choice obviously 13s in the sevens there's been some serious market support I know when we spoke today on the phone you did appear to be reasonably keen on this horse as well so Look, I don't know enough about the horse to tip it. I'm going to go with just fine to start with. I think $1.75, well found enough, but I think it's warranted. You look at the three runs where it's run over this distance, I think 2,400 and 2,396 was one of the runs or something ridiculous. Three lengths, five lengths and 10 lengths off the leader. And you go, fuck, how can I take this horse 2,400? All three of those runs had 58 or 59 kilos. So we get nine kilos off and our stayers are nothing compared to the horses that this horse was going up against. I think to get nine kilos off is just a huge bonus across 2,400 meters. And then when you think about the class of the field, like Benno, all respect, but Benno is $9.50 in this race, third line of betting. So, and actually conceding a, a kilo and a half. So I just... I personally don't think that the dollar seventy five is under the odds. I actually think it's probably the right price. It appears to probably lead on its own as well. The only other leader that I can see 
is Major Beal, who is my actual saver. Um, but I think just fine. I, th- I think it's a good bet. And you know, we know that Gay and Adrian do a good job with these stayers as well. I want to touch on Major Beal as well. I think $18 is over the odds for this horse, especially the $4 the place. The horse is going well. We know 2,400 metres is really, really going to suit. Um, obviously coming in, into this pretty hard fit as well. This is a fourth up run now. Um, has had some nice fourth up runs in the past and gets 54 and a half kilos. And Tim Clark, who is just the master of being in the top few horses in the run. So I'm yeah. going to the on pace is considering I can't see a ton of pace in this race for 2,400. Um, but could anything could happen. Yeah, definitely. I do want to touch on Venno since you brought him up. A horse that we've covered and given a fair bit of airtime on this podcast. Going back a few starts at Wyong, he was the benefit. And this is the one that really got him off the canvas because he, he had a run of outs before this, but he had a, a start a few back at Wyong where most of the field was wiped out with a fall halfway through and he somehow just managed to avoid it all and went through. He's gained a bit of confidence off that and was finishing off really hard behind the favourite last time out. I think getting up to 2,400 does suit him. I just would have been more keen had it been a wet deck because I know he enjoys that a little bit more with the stinger. I do respect him, but I can't be with on Saturday. And I think the favourite's obviously hard to beat, but um can see that your saver as well, Major Bill, is, is, uh, needs to be considered as well. It's a fantastic meeting. We've obviously got the three group ones and some really good ones in and around it. And then we've got tonight too at the Valley, but it doesn't stop there. It never stops there. Mm. We've obviously got Sunday mm-hmm. as well, um, which is at Sandown. But don't even look that far ahead. Like, don't you do not need to look that far ahead? We can stay on the same day as the Epsom. We can stay on the same day as the Metro, the flight. You name it, we can stay on that day. AFL Grand Final Day, we're staying on that day. If you are upright, if in any way, shape, or form, you are still upright at this point, we've got something for you to keep you going. We've got something to keep the heart racing. It's almost like a defibrillator. Mm. That's what it is. You think you're done. At 5 o'clock, 5.30, that's when the last finishes and Jacko just goes, nah, you're not done at all. <laughs> Plug the defib in, throw two on me, say clear and give us a tip. <laughs> that might be one of your best, Ned. Honestly, that, that might be one of your best. Okay. And that means I need to deliver this week because we're obviously coming off a bit of an out. If you look at the form in terms of the best Western since we ticked over to the new racing season, we went bang, bang an out and then we went bang bang another out so form would suggest that we're going to hit back and hit back very hard this week we're going to race seven a lay a lay pike's got the bend he's out see you later back to our mate chris parnham back to a more favorable price a bit more digestible one of our favorite words on this podcast five dollars we're getting for this horse what number is it number three chris parnham aboard it's been up for a little while this horse but i like it at the mile i also like it with the sting out of the track it's going to be a soft five potentially soft six uh, at Belmont on Saturday. The rail's also out six metres. It's a horse that will get back and give a few a start, but I like when the rail's out at Belmont because they tend to make up ground. This horse hasn't missed the top three in six starts, and it's at $5. So if anything, you're going each way with a very, very heavy win bet and just following up to make sure you cover yourself if it does happen to flash into second or third. I don't see it missing the top three here, Ned. I think it's an excellent chance. It's a race that's void of class, I think. If anything, this horse should be going very close to winning, but I like it at the price of $5. I love Parnham being on, and I love the way it maps off this hot tempo. Uh, the favourite's drawn poorly with Pike aboard, so we'll be taking him on well and truly. I think it's a very winnable race. It's number three, Alay Alay. $5, you might get a bit better if you shop around five fifty, and we'll see what happens on the weekend, but that's race seven, number three, out of Belmont. 
Race seven, number three, Belmont, Alay Alay, Chris Barnum, 6'10". Get the defib out because you know what's about to happen. Um, look, obviously, a lot of things to stay upright for this weekend. We've obviously got two grand finals. We've got Friday night tonight at the Valley. We've got Saturday racing. We've got Sandown. We've got Belmont. It's all happening. Find a way to stay stay upright and divvy your money up. Divvy your money up. Like, don't yeah, do yeah. grand tonight and then do three grand tomorrow and then nine grand Saturday, Sunday. We want to be able to eat something other than tuna and rice. All right? We want to make sure yeah. we can still eat. So... Good luck if you're having a punt, Jacko. I'm sure you'll be having plenty of punts and it'll start in about an hour or so. So looking forward to that. Mm. Get tip sheets up for absolutely everything as well. So good luck there. Follow us. We love our listeners, Jacko. We love it, mate. About to get stuck in. So good luck over the next three days, punters. Awesome. Mate, enjoy your weekend. Have a good one. Cheers.